Why stand still when you can run headfirst into a wall? You're listening to the Jocular Pugilists. Do you remember being able to play outside? I do. Things have changed. I have a son. He's almost never outside now. Well, COVID. Yeah, we can't be outside. I mean, even now, I wish I could play outside. I don't care. Give me give me chalk and I'll, I'll create like a hopscotch. I don't care. I just want to be outside. Yeah, well, winter in the Northeast, so you're outside even, even less. But even in winter, I remember being freezing, crappy gloves, and your fingers are just about frostbite, and you're outside for hours. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that. So when we were kids, first of all, we're going to be talking about growing up in the 80s today, but I remember I went to Catholic school for eight years in grammar school, and they wouldn't let us in in the morning no matter or at lunch, no matter how cold it was. So we would literally be lighting people's bellyhoots on fire <laughs> to warm our hands. It was ridiculously cold. In New York and in the winter. It was crazy. It's funny. You just dated yourself by saying grammar school. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why? What do, they, what do they call it now? Middle school. Oh, all right. I can't help it. I'm old. Disciplinary problems in the classroom are symptoms of underlying weaknesses in total learning situations. I know. I've said that. I've said, oh, well, in grammar school, and the kid looks at you and goes, what the hell's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot what you just said. I, we're talking about being outside. Oh, but well, your parents essentially wouldn't let you in. No, I was saying my school wouldn't let me in. Oh. They would not let us in in the morning and not let us in during lunchtime. They could kick us out. It could be 30 below. You're staying up. We've had enough of you. Run around. You'll warm up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. That's tough love. I think of my parents. My father was home all the time. Any time I could be out of the house was good for him because he didn't want to hear anything. He also, like, a pin drops and he would get annoyed. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I get kicked out of an apartment because of making too much noise. Get out of here, kid, you And I had to go home. I had no choice. I had no place to go. I I actually got kicked out. And within a day, they said, you're out of here. I don't remember this. Were you was it was after I had the debacle with the girlfriend and and I moved from New York. I was living with Terry and I moved to White Plains for a little bit. I had thought about moving to L.A. I was out in L.A. for a while because I did music for a show. That's a whole nother thing. I don't know if you know about that, but I wrote a theme to a show called Inside Hollywood. It was a while ago. Anyway. In fact, I think that's what it's called. I have to look. I, I wrote it with Frank Anaya. He knows. Okay. Anyway, but I was out in L.A. for a while and thinking about staying in L.A., but then I decided to come, come back, and I didn't have any place to go, so I moved in with Danny. This story is way too long. We'll edit it out. <laughs> anyway, I was in White Plains, Italian landlord that I had that barely spoke English, and you know I don't speak Italian, so it was a lot of miscommunications. Finally, he just said, enough of you. You're making too much noise. Get out. Get out. And <laughs> I had no place to go, so back to the to, so I, back to my parents. I had to move in with my folks. It, it, there was no room for me. My mom, my mom had already taken over my room, and she was living. My parents don't sleep in the same bedroom, so my mom's in one room, my dad's in another room. She took over my room. Basically, they put a mattress in the on the floor of the of the living room. <laughs> my dad's up at 4.30. Wow. 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> walking through the living room to go to the den to work. And he's like, get up. Get up, you son of a bitch. It was pain. It was painful. <laughs> 
Nothing makes you feel more welcome than a mattress <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> so bad. And then, and then, you know, I was trying to go, and I had t- taught lessons at my house forever, and I was trying to get a couple students back to my room. It was just such a debacle. It was really bad. But the reason I brought it up was to, about how to demonstrate how annoying my father can be at times was I, had, <laughs> I did a gig in Manhattan, and I drove, we live in Westchester, which is a suburb of, of Manhattan. And I drove back to Westchester and it had to be like two in the morning. And I'm just as quiet as can be. And I hadn't eaten any dinner. I was just starving. And I see a bag of bagels that my father had bought. There was like, you know, whatever, three bagels left. I went, oh, man, uh, I'm going for the bagel. So I cut a bagel. I'm, quiet, I'm tiptoeing. I'm making no noise. I cut the bagel. I pop it in the toaster. And I put it down as quietly as I can to make zero noise. And my father, after a minute, jumps up, runs downstairs, and goes, what the hell? You expect me to sleep with that smell of bagels? (laughs) It wasn't the noise. It was the smell of toasting a bagel that infuriated him. (laughs) You know what? I do remember being at your house, and first of all, there were there was not a carpet to be seen anywhere in your home. Yeah. It was all wood yeah. and linoleum. old wood and like creaky <laughs> and yeah, linoleum. And and you could hear in his defense, you could hear anything going on in the house anywhere in the house. It didn't matter where you were; yeah. you could definitely hear a little something. Which is crazy if you think of how loud yeah. I could get with my amp at times. I had to do it yeah. when he wasn't home. Which he worked out all the time. He was just a, a health. Yeah, he was a big dude. Yeah, you know, well, small in height, but big in other, you know, right. in strength. Especially this is pre-juicing, you know, or at least he wasn't aware of it. So it was all all unnatural. <laughs> so he would consistently be working out, and and then he would take us to. He did karate for years, so he would take us to the to the dojo, if you will. Look, I always look, I. Uh, three times a week, which is brutal too. We did karate for three hours, three times a week. So we did nine hours of karate. I did that from God seven, maybe eight, until uh, until Berkeley. And then in Berkeley, my first year of Berkeley, I did uh, Kyokushin before you were even there, and they were leg yeah. kicking me, and I couldn't walk, and I was like, forget about this. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm sorry. They were leg kicking you, like they were trying to strengthen your legs by kicking. I don't know, or man, they, or... I'm, I'm so it's been so many years since I did karate. But I think that yeah. style of the Japanese karate, they don't do the high. It's not like um, what is it that Tracy did? Taekwondo. It's not Taekwondo. Where Taekwondo is really fancy, lots of wheel kicks and really fancy kicks. It's it's yeah. it's full contact to the body karate. They did full contact to the body. They hit you as hard as they could hit you to the body. And wow. one of the things was leg kicks. They would make it <laughs> like they would hit you. I remember because this older, I think Japanese, at least he was Asian man, hit me so hard. when he, I say it was old. He was probably in his 60s. I didn't – God, I couldn't believe. I thought he had broken my leg. And it was my upper leg. And I was black and blue, so black and blue purple. I mean I was limping for a week. When I'm not doing this again. Wow, yeah, screw that. I, I I have to say I went with you one time to the karate that you were going to. I went with you and your dad. Yeah, that was Goju. And Goju, yes. Yeah. Since I've trained other things, but I remember being there. I always was taking a boxing stance, and you weren't supposed to. One hand was supposed to be down guarding your gut, 
and the other one was supposed to be up. Your sensei or or whoever he was, was getting pissed at me. And finally, he just kicked me full on, like really hard in the stomach. And he doubled over and I'm like, whoa, I'm not sure that's supposed to be allowed. Oh, man. What are you doing? That's another podcast. I can't believe (laughs) how that's changed. That's changed. I mean, there's the serious way more serious than I am. Of course, with MMA yeah. and all that. But then yeah. there's the the affiliate kind of karate school where there's a billion of them. I can't tell you how many nine-year-olds have black belts. In- <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? Are you- all right, we're, we're going to get some hate mail oh, here. Oh, my God. <laughs> there wasn't a black belt in our karate class in any of them. It was an affiliated school. There were probably like eight or nine of them. There wasn't a black belt. I remember that was... I mean, younger than 15. I don't think you could get a black belt younger than 15. I don't think you would. Right. It just wouldn't happen. It didn't matter how good you were. It just wouldn't happen. Were you an exploring kind of kid? Did you go off on your bike or off on trails or off in the woods and take off and be gone for hours? So it was just that my father didn't want me in the house. So one of the things I did uh-huh. was I just took bike rides. I, you know, I never did any schoolwork. I just got on my bike. And I rode forever. In fact, when we first became friends, Phil, I don't know if you remember this. That's how I got to your house. I didn't drive. I would ride my bike to your house. Oh, no, I don't remember that. No. My father never drove me. So I rode my bike everywhere all the time. I would get on my bike after school, then I'd get off it when we ate dinner, which was around six o'clock. So I'm going to admit something. I never rode a bike until I was 18 years old. I, I learned in high school because my friends couldn't believe that I didn't know how to ride a bike. I remember that actually. But I loved going out in the woods, like getting lost in the woods. And Phil, you, you never wanted to get in the back of the bike? With no, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't taking the Especially wearing that tutu. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but I, I did. I loved going off in the woods. And there were a couple times. Like, I used to go with Chris. Sounds sinister. And well, we'd listen to Dio. <laughs> and, like, go hang out in the woods. And, you know, he would smoke his cigarettes. It's and... funny that you were more metal than me, by the way. Oh, yeah. Early on. Well, because of Chris. You know, I mean, there was definitely the classic rock stuff that I liked. He wasn't into. Like he introduced me to punk. He introduced me to the Ramones. He introduced me to Van Halen, and then metal. That was all Chris. Wow. But I would get lost to the point where there were there were times. There was one time in particular where I and my buddy Mike we took off and went out in the Saxon Woods and we went walking and walking and walking and walking and walking and we were gone for apparently hours. But it didn't feel like it. We were just having fun. We were just goofing around. Yeah. And when we came back, we came up the we, – we had left out the back and came up to the front of the house and went in. And Chris's sister was there babysitting because my mom was out looking for us with the police. <laughs> we had taken so long. And we got into so, so at least much your parents trouble. cared cared enough to look for you. Yes. Because I don't yes, even think did. my father would have let look for me. <laughs> Unless it was – you know, past dinner, then he would have cared. Did you get in trouble? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was grounded. Yeah. I was grounded. I don't know what <laughs> happened to Mike, what his parents There was no did. corporal punishment in your house, right? Um, not really, but there was. For, for me. Self-inflicted punishment. Well, flatulation. I was a... <laughs> no, flatulation is farting. What's, <laughs> what is it when you hit yourself? From coast to coast, in every state of the Union... The more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present... 
The term I believe I was looking for is self-flagellation, a disciplinary devotional practice which is seen as a form of penance and given to us by all the major religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. But not the Buddhists. They prefer setting themselves on fire. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, but I was, a, I was a difficult kid. I, but so my dad... He, the most peaceful guy you knew my daddy's super yeah. peaceful guy super Absolutely. but i could push his buttons to the point where he'd start hitting let me be clear he wasn't punching me he was you know smacking me but he was a big guy and it you know wasn't fun but i deserved every second of it yeah and my brother would always laugh. I mean, you should get <laughs> you should oh, be, encourage him because he couldn't believe, well, he couldn't believe it because he wouldn't he would never push him to that point. But I would just get in his face and start like you know I was very stubborn. I had an attitude, and that way we were the same. I'm I'm pretty stubborn too. Yeah. It's amazing that we didn't come to blows. I feel like once you punched me, I know you don't. I could swear I remember you punching I, me. I once. don't. Re- I can't imagine that because I knew you were a fighter. You were not somebody I wanted to fight with. So I, I, I don't because I don't think I ever really uh, other than actual fights i never hit anybody no but there were times where you and i got so into it and i wouldn't back down and you wouldn't back down and it was bad yeah yeah we had arguments yeah like bad face to face screaming at each other which is amazing for most people yeah like think most human beings can't understand that we could have a friendship and hate each other for a moment of our lives oh yeah <laughs> You, I hate you, you imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty clear that you've said those specific words to me. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to most human beings. Yeah. So like you, instead of, well, for you it was, because you were closer to it, you would go to, you said to Saxon, Saxon Woods, yeah. which is a public park in White Plains. Yeah. We both grew up in White Plains, New York, which again is a Westchester, is a suburb of New York City. I lived close to uh, Gedney Way. And Gedney Way was a dump. There was a dump uh, in Gedney Way. And that was my park. I would go to the dump. But there's something really cool about that. Gedney Way, I don't know if you know this, Phil, but it used to be a train station before World War II. Oh, no, I didn't know See history yeah. right away. I, I put it in there without you even noticing. A sideswipe. <laughs> you <laughs> snuck it in, damn it. <laughs> snuck it in. So Gettingway used to be a train station, and I think it was called the Businessman's Express, and it was a quick way to get to 125th Street. And my understanding was they got rid of it because they needed steel for uh, the war effort in uh, wow. World War II. Yeah, so when I would go to the dumps, there were some there were some remnants of the train. For instance, this is I'm sure none of this does exist now, but you saw where railroad ties. You saw if you when you walked along it, it was really cool as a kid. Super cool. Is that where they eventually built the baseball fields? Or no, the depot was where I don't know if you know White Plains now, but there's a Nordstrom's and the Westchester Mall. That's where all the trains used to be. Okay. One of the stops was in Gedney Way. It went underneath. No one even knows it's a bridge, but do you remember Rocky's Deli? Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole story in, in itself. <laughs> so Rocky's Deli and the Gedney 
bar and grill. In between, there's a big space where there's no store because that's a bridge. And underneath that bridge was the train platform. The train went underneath that. Yeah. And then it went behind where the baseball field is, all the way to Harlem. We've officially lost anybody who doesn't live in a 20-mile radius of, of where we grew up. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no one cares. But we're talking about exploring. Yeah. Exploring an old train line is pretty damn cool because there was remnants of it yeah that's really cool as a kid for sure yeah i loved it i would we would lose our you know lose ourselves in there and play games and just discover stuff there was always something and it was then you just made a a left turn and you were in the dump which is sounds disgusting but for a kid you know you would just you know wow check it out an old toaster (laughs) how old is that you can think this too how dangerous it was remember a while back it was you had to take the doors off refrigerators when you threw them out because there were kids dying because they'd climb into the refrigerator get stuck no is that that's a real thing that's a real oh man i don't know if it really happened or not but i'm assuming it happened i remember hearing about it this was probably when we were in high school or something wow so going back to, to us having to go out as a parent it, I've never lived in the most idyllic place with uh, with my son, which is unfortunate for him. We've lived in fine places, but we lived in Ossining. Just the area we lived in was a little bit more busy. So having him, and he was too young at the time, having him going out on his own on a bike, I wouldn't have wanted. Mm-hmm. And where we live now is an apartment building on a main road. He can't really go on a bike. But if you were in a neighborhood, would you still feel comfortable? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I actually don't know. I've been, it's been drilled into my head so much that it's dangerous out there for kids. Yeah. No, I don't think I would. It's, it's crazy. And the statistics really show that it's no more dangerous than it used to be. Oh, it's it's actually safer. <laughs> Just our parents yeah, didn't care. I know our parents. Think about like the 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 way cars used to exist, right? Yeah. The back seat we, with the bucket seats just flying back and forth. No, no one had a no seat one had belt a seatbelt. There was no seatbelt to no. be. Nobody. The whole car. If you, and those cars were tanks. They weighed like seven thousand pounds. Yeah. <laughs> there just, was no airbag. Yeah. There was nothing. <laughs> Stopping you from going through the windshields. I mean, forget it. It's amazing that we survived, you know? Yeah. We're we're definitely bubble wrapping the world a little bit for kids. So in that sense, you worry that, are they ready for the world? Right. But man, we we were, there was a lot more danger out there when we were younger. I like that. Bubble wrapping the world for the kids. (laughs) There you go. I've got to tell the story about, since we're going down memory lane, the story about when we met. Okay. Because it is... To me, it's the most unique meeting I've ever had of a friend, right? So I remember very vividly coming over to your house. Rob was a mutual friend. I had not met you, but he kept telling me about you. This guy's crazy. He's a lot of fun. So we went over to your house, and you were down in the basement. And Mm. we went downstairs. There was a ping pong table. That's it, yeah. And... You were had a bow and arrow. Let me preface this. I shot I shot bow and arrow in my basement. In your basement. Absolutely. Because my dad said, Hey, here you go. Here. He yeah. put some boxes in the corner and just said, Go ahead. So I, I I see you and I go, Hey. He, Rob goes, Hey, this is my buddy Phil, but Phil is Tom. I go, Hi. And you go, Hey, wanna play with the bow and arrow? And you pulled the bow or something like that. You pulled the bow and arrow really tight. And screamed and started chasing me. And I mean, you were chasing me around the ping pong table. I went under the ping pong table. You came around the side. Is there something, is there something wrong with that? 
<laughs> very wrong. And then you you let, you start screaming again, and then you let the arrow go, but you let it go with both hands, so it dropped. It fell to the floor, and I had a heart attack. It's amazing you're friendly with me. Well, that's why immediately I was like, I got to be friends with this. Can guy. I, I want to just so everyone doesn't think I'm. Well, they're still gonna think I'm nuts. But by the way, I was very young at the time, so. What I used yeah. to do was I would notch the arrow. So I would hold the arrow in my hand and then hold it, but it wasn't notched. So it wasn't in the right. bow. So I could let go of the, of the, of the string, right? But the arrow, yeah. but it, and the, and the arrow would still be in my hand. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I would do that. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's really wrong. Oh my God. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's, it all worked out. It all worked out fine. But, but my God, I, I, and then I knew you were a guitar player, and you showed us that, too. And I was like, this guy is amazing. So, uh, also, we have to talk about some of our formative education from your next-door neighbor, or the guy across the street, I should say. Because Oh, yeah. There's always the guy and then ba- the bad guy in the There's always the bad guy. I friendly right? with them. Of course. It, those are the fun guys when you're kids. Those are the guys you want to be friends with, because they're the ones who are going to tell you... Yeah. You know the darker side of life. That's what we want to hear about. There was a bunch with yeah. him. This 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 well is yeah. Deep. This was it was probably we probably went a little too dark. Yeah. Too yeah, dark. I don't a place know how much him. we want to say about. It. By the way, he he was a nice guy, very nice and, guy, and treated us so well. So we moved in when I was starting first right. grade. Right next door was a was this kid. Believe it or not, his name was Butters. So much like much like the character <laughs> in South Park, he was an evil version of Butters, and he was the worst. Then across the street was the kid with the connections, and he was the quote unquote dealer. Wait, when I said dealer, back back then, Westchester, it was never something too crazy because you know it's Westchester. But I remember he had the largest. It was almost a a tree that more than a plant for uh, uh, ganja in the backyard. I just have to interrupt Tomas to point out that he made fun of me for using the term grammar school, and he just said ganja. I would not smoke the ganja until I go blind. You know I smoke the ganja all of the time. <laughs> he would just make it so, so that he didn't have to get it from anyone else. He was like, screw it, I'll just make I'll just he actually grew in his backyard. Yeah, it's like a, not like his parents were gonna say anything about <laughs> right, it. Right. They could they could care less. Oh my god. And he had the coolest house too, and if you remember, he had a, also a ping pong table, but he had a, a pinball machine in this basement. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I do, yeah. And he had a hot sister who would often sunbathe topless in the backyard. And all the boys from the neighborhood would run in the backyard. We'd all run to the backyard to see boobs. Now that, like, I don't remember. That that was before my time, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, because I would have loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think, and I'm pretty sure she knew we were, <laughs> we were like yeah. spying probably. on her. She could was, care less. was she gone by the time I was? Probably not. No, she was probably still there. Yeah, she had been probably like seven or eight years older than us, maybe. Let's talk about what his dad did. Well, his dad did multiple things. Yeah. His main business was the garment industry. But one of the things that he did was he uh, funded 
a adult movie. Yes. This is back in the day of video cassettes. He gave you one of them. We had to like plan the time that we were going to watch it because you only had the one TV down in your living room and your parents had to be, we had to know that your parents were going to be out of the house for enough time that we'd be able to sit there and watch it. And wait, it was just education for us. We just literally laughed the whole time. That's a whole nother conversation. When you think of like watching it together, that's questionable unto itself, don't you think? Yeah, it, it, it would I would think that now yeah. yeah but at the time it was pretty harmless like that was the thing like we didn't have the internet I know and you, neither one of us could keep it too because like no. I, I had my parents were all over my house so we had to get it back to him before my parents got home it was like yeah it was like I, oh, quick get it back get it out of the house I remember the first time I found a playboy it with my cousin Jeff <laughs> And like, can, <laughs> we, we found it. It was like thrown away. And that was like finding gold. I remember that too. I, with I, a bunch of friends, we found same thing. Found, we found an adult magazine thrown out. Like what were, what were adults doing in the eighties? They're just tossing them I don't, <laughs> like I on the top know. of a garbage can. It's like what? <laughs> uh, yeah, they were in. They were in our local barber shop. Like he had, he had adult magazines like sitting in the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you go to Geno's? Yes, I remember. My father would be like, oh, "We gotta go to Geno's. Get a haircut." <laughs> all, all the dads would be there. <laughs> he knew how to bring them in. All the dads were there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we looked. Go, hey, look at this one. I mean, it was relatively right. harmless. It was just Playboys. It wasn't right. anything really raunchy. But by today's standards, like you would never walk into a barbershop today or a salon. Oh, my, especially with the political climate we're no, in. No, no way. It's crazy. That's something that's changed completely. In a good way, I think. In a good way. But Good and bad. There's good and bad to everything. You know, nothing is clear. All right. Well, there you go. I think we got a lot to talk about here. So why don't we do a two-part? Uh, you know what? Probably that's a good idea. We're already over time. So, okay. And we still hate each other. So that's always... We, I definitely... I, I'm remembering the hatred from past years. Now, right. I hate you more now. Which is good. Which is good. <laughs> uh, so listen, uh, thank you for listening to Jocular Pugilists. You can find us on our website, thejocularpugilists.com. You can find us on Facebook, The Jocular Pugilists. And that's pretty much all the places you can find us. I, I hope you're enjoying this uh, walk down memory lane. I definitely am. I, you know, I have a lot of history with Tomas, and so it's fun for, for me to talk about it. And uh, I hope it's fun for you, too. Yeah, a little bit. Not 100%. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, next time, we'll finish this conversation, I promise. Hate you. Hate you, too.